Hey, if you want to listen to the full Burt Show every day uninterrupted, we got no ads on that thing. All you have to do is become a bonus BS subscriber. That's bonus Burt Show. Find out more at thebirtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. It's very difficult to do a show like this when you can't be completely focused on each other. So let's just get the update out of the way now and ease all of our minds. Ass Check 2023. Um, that is for me. <laughs> uh, a spider bit me in the, uh, in the butt, on the butt, however you want to say it, uh, this past weekend when we were in the mountains. And I didn't notice anything. And it was just like an itch. And I'm like, oh, something bit me, whatever. And then I was getting in the shower. And my husband was like, good God, what happened to your ass? And I'm like, I know it's looking good from hot yoga, right? <laughs> he's like, no, you really need to check out a mirror. And um, it was just this huge, massive bruise. So Monday I came in, took a Sharpie and marked the lines around it in the bathroom to make sure that, you know, it wasn't spreading because if it was, I was going to go to the ER. And then every day since, I've asked you guys to look at my butt to yep. make sure it looks good. Uh, yesterday, it was the first day I got a real good look at that ass of yours. Yeah. Uh, and that bruise is deep, dark, and the size of a baseball. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's intense. It's yeah. bigger than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yep. This, this I, was just <laughs> right, of course. Thank God, like our HR department doesn't take us seriously. Oh, I can't see. You it. gotta lift that thing up. It's, um, uh huh. Oh, it's yellow. Oh yeah, yeah. It's okay. getting lighter. Yeah, it's progressing. Yeah, you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The bruise is bruising. Yeah. It's, it's fading. It's fading. Okay, good. A little. Yeah. So It's taking its time. It's, taking, it's hanging out. <laughs> but we can all agree that I don't have necrosis. Yes. And my flesh is not going to fall off of my butt. It doesn't appear so yet. Okay, it's it's like doing what a bruise does. It's okay. starting to get that yellowish little, yeah. So I think I'm just one of those people that's like allergic to spider bites. And that's, I, I get these gnarly little bruises yeah. when I get bit. You're good to go. Yay! Let's check again tomorrow. And I think that's, uh, then we can I, wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, then we can wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> just to really take full advantage of the stage that Kaylee was so nice to put together for us. <laughs> yes. All right, Mo, is there anything better than instant karma? Like when somebody cuts you off in traffic, for instance, and they're going like 85 miles an hour and they're doing something dangerous. And then a quarter mile down the road, a cop has pulled them over and given them a ticket. That's beautiful instant karma. Nothing better than instant karma. And anybody who's ever been ghosted will really enjoy and appreciate this story. Oh, I'm ready. So I'm out at a, a nice place with two friends of mine. Well, technically one friend of mine because the third guy was a friend of my friends. And this is like the first time I've ever met him. And we're just hanging out. We're kicking it. No big deal. Now, at some point in the night, he went and he started talking to another woman that was at the bar. And they, like, really hit it off to the point where he didn't even come back to the table for, like, the rest of the night. So I figured they really, like, hit it off and they were going to go on about their lives and whatever. So fast forward about three weeks later, we end up at the same exact place, same exact crew, same exact three people. And at some point, it, it hit me that he had hit it off with this woman when we were here the last time. So I asked him, how'd that go? Like, what's the update? And then immediately, like, the two of them start laughing. And I'm like, what happened? So he ends up telling me, starts to tell me the story of how, well, we don't talk anymore. So I'm like, okay, that was fast. What, what went wrong? And he can, he's like sheepish as he's telling me the story. I can tell he's, he kind of doesn't really want to go into the details of what happened. And I'm like, finally, he starts coming out with it. And he's like, well, I kind of just stopped talking to her. So I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You, what do you mean? Like you ghosted her? So he's like, I don't think I really ghosted her. And then my other dude is like, no, no, he ghosted her. Like, oh, yes, you did. So I'm like, I got a thing with ghosting, bro. I see it differently now. And I start telling him why. 
And he's like, well, we just didn't hit it off. So then that's all you got to say, man. That's that's a fact, right? Like, why didn't you just tell her that? Right. And in a text message, nonetheless. Yeah. Simple. You don't even have to do it face to face anymore. So he says, we only spoke a few times uh, and I, I, I don't really think it was a connection. So then my friend is like, yeah, but tell him about the few times that y'all spoke. So he's like getting them to get the truth out of him. He says they spoke for about four or five hours each time that they spoke oh. for an entire week. Damn. So it was only a week. But each time they spoke, it was like on the phone for like four hours. Who does that anymore? That's a lot of mileage. That's a lot. Uh-huh. So I'm like, well, what, what was the problem? He was like, honestly, bro, there was no problem. It just was one day and then another day and I didn't hear from her and I didn't say anything. And then when she ended up texting me, I had promised myself I was going to text her back and I didn't. So I'm like, well, it's not too late. I'm pretty sure she's somewhere wondering what happened if y'all had three or four days of four to five hour conversations. And he's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, and like literally... He stutters just like that. Um, um, and then I see his face just completely change. And he's looking like behind me. So they, he freezes. And then I look at my friend who's also looking in the same direction. And then he freezes. So I turn around. She's walking in. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. Right? I'm like, what? Are these? So I go, whoa. This is the universe like waking up in the morning going, I'm bored. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what I can do today. Exactly that. So I'm like. Well, you're going to get to tell her now, oh. one way or another. Oh, no. So then as I'm looking at her, she spots us. And so they both like are kind of just standing there freezing. And I'm waving. Hey. <laughs> hey, come on over, over here. Hey. Here we are. <laughs> it's going to be good. And I'm on her side because anybody who's been ghosted, you would be on her side. Yeah. And so soon as she starts walking over. He gets up and runs to the bathroom. Oh, wow. No. Come on, you coward. What a coward. What a he coward. runs to the bathroom. She comes over. She sits down. And for some reason, she asked me, like, um, so are we going to talk about your friend being a coward? Oh, Just damn. like that. Damn. And I told her the truth. That ain't my friend. That's his friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's you got to ask him. So then she starts talking to him, and he's like, you know, yeah, it, it's on him. We're both on her side. We're both like, you know, I'm sorry that this happened to you. I don't condone what he did. The man stayed I in the back. I don't condone what he did. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm completely on your side. In fact, let's get you a drink. He's texting his, his my friend now, asking if she's going. Oh my god! And if bro. he can, if he should come back from the bathroom, that's literally what he's doing. Please tell me your friend said, "Yeah, bro, she's she's gone. You can come back." It's exactly what he did. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> so you can see as soon as he comes out the bathroom, he stops like they lied to me. <laughs> We're enjoying every bit of this. Sure. He walks over. Finally, he sits down. And it was just, it was just a beautiful moment of her just giving him the business. Yes. It was like she had that moment that anybody who's ever been ghosted would want to have to where you can confront this person and just call him out. And she did. She, she held no punches. She called him out. Curse words were flying. She was like, I really liked you. I really enjoyed the time. You could have been a man about it and simply just told me. There it is. I would have taken it. No, you think I've never been through a relationship that didn't work before? You think I've never been turned down before? Like, you could have just said that. It's fine. And he had nothing. The mentality of it is really so stupid. And we will say this a million different times now. You might not be a coward, but it is very cowardly not to just tell somebody, hey, you know what? I just wasn't feeling it. That's all it takes in a text message now. And the reason why we don't do it right is because we don't want to look like a bad person. We don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But you're going to do it one way or the other, right? Either you're going to accidentally run into them again in a bar and they're going to be hurt. They're going to be hurt if they don't hear from you. So why don't you just do the right thing and just send a one-sentence 
text. That's all it takes. That's all he had That's to do. It. And he didn't do it. And she got it off. And then he offered to buy her a drink to say, I'm sorry. And he told, she told him, your money is no good with me. I don't need your drink. That's what? a good one. Got up and walked yeah. away. That's and I was like, that is beautiful. Yeah, if you weren't with a lady right now, I'd say hook up with her. Hey, not, right? <laughs> <laughs> and on a scale of one to ten, how mad is he at you guys that you lied to him when he came back to the table? Oh, yeah, he was pretty pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really pissed. But you're on your own. Yeah. The Burt Show. All right, who is listening this early in the morning? And I know it's really difficult to get the phones going, but I'm wondering if there's anybody listening right now that already knows Christmas is ruined. It's it, all right? one eight five five Burt Show. And let's stay away from the serious stuff. Like, I just found out my mom is sick, my dad is sick, or whatever like that. But who already knows that something has gone on, that Christmas very well is going to feel different, or it's already ruined? one eight five five Burt Show, because Katie's feeling it already. I absolutely am, and I'm putting the blame on my mother in this situation. <laughs> because I was out with some friends one day, and it was, like, late and on my Ring app, I get a notification that something's being delivered to the house. And so I see it. I'm like, oh, these are packages. These, it's something that I purchased. These are gifts that I that I bought. And I don't want anybody, of course, to come and snatch it. And I'm not home. So you got to be wary of those porch pirates because they're in full effect right now. Right? Yeah, they mm-hmm. They're everywhere. So I, <laughs> as, as, as soon as I see this notification, I'm like, oh, got to get the packages <laughs> off of the porch. So I call my mom. I'm like, hey, mom, look, packages are just delivered. Can you get them? But that's not how I said it. I was like, hey, mom, guess what? Santa dropped off some packages early. Can you pick them up and get them before they're, you know, snatched? And I, I'm joking about the whole scenario. I'm not thinking anything of it or how I worded it. And I guess I've probably worded it wrong. Um, so she's like, yeah, of course, Katie, I'll get the, I'll get the gifts. Because mm-hmm. I know Santa's not delivering this early, right? Sure. Like, this is something that I bought. So I get home, and that night I got home late. I wasn't even trying to check on the packages. I just know that my mom grabbed them. Cool. The next morning, I go into the living room where the packages are, and I open the first one to make sure that it is what I ordered, right? Because these are gifts for other people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, like, going through. It's three packages. The top one is not open. I'm like, okay, cool. That one's the right one. Open the second box. That one's the right one. I get down to the third box, and it's already open. So I'm like... I'm looking, I'm like, mm. Mom, why is this package already open? Like, why did, was it delivered like this? It's the third one. It's at the bottom. Why? She peeps around the corner like a child. <laughs> 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 I thought the gifts were for us. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. What do you, what do you mean, right? She's no. like, so Katie, what did we get? And like, she's really like watching me from around the corner as I'm opening one, two, and then I see that the third one's already open. Oh, that wasn't for us? No, right? <laughs> so she like she already knows that she's done something wrong. And she's basically ripped open the third package and already went through it, like the whole package. Mm. And the packaging of these gifts are really important. So it's the fact that now the packaging of a gift that is for someone else, it wasn't for us, has been destroyed. <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, when you said Santa delivered gifts, I thought that means it were gifts for us. And I'm like, first of all, who opens gifts before Christmas? Right. 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 Yep. And without you, you would do it together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And no, I meant that they were just gifts for other people. And, and the fact that she didn't even tell me she opened it. She waited until I was checking it. And she put that one on the bottom. And she put it on. She yeah. intentionally put it on the bottom. Well, you wasn't going to see it. You already knew you were wrong. Right? <laughs> Where is Kristen saying shady? Because we all know what's going on. So then I started to think, well, well, is it how I told her to get the packages? Is it something that I said? But I'm like, no, you went through and opened it. And now. Because the-, the package has 
it's your name that's mm-hmm. on the like the address. <laughs> yes. And it's it says Katie. Yes. So your mom has no business opening a package that is not addressed to her. No. Your mom has <laughs> never played by the rules. She never has. Never has nope. played by the rules. And now I don't know what to do because <laughs> the, the gift the packaging is what also makes the gift. And now that part is ruined. I don't want to give that gift to that person because it's gonna look like it like it <laughs> Oh, like you regifted it. Yes. Right. It's gonna look like you know, like the best buy open box option. You know, the cheaper it was. Heather, good morning. You're on the bird show, the little thing already that's already maybe messed up your Christmas. Good morning, y'all. It's um a P one here. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Hi. I was supposed to get a bonus check at the end of November, and for some reason, the company decided to wait until our last check of December, which is December 22nd. Mm. So I had to tell all of my adult children to get my grandchildren's gifts for me, and I would pay them back. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a pain. And I told my children they're not getting theirs until after Christmas. (sighs) How much was your uh, bonus check supposed to be? Thousand. Hey, damn, 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 that hurts. Look, Heather, here's what we can do for you. <laughs> hey, we got a little extra money on the Burt Show here, so let's just throw 500 at you. That'll ease the pain a little bit, okay? Oh, wow. I'm going to cry. We'll find it somewhere. <laughs> Probably out of Kristen's paycheck. <laughs> I'll pass that on to Jimmy. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have the full 2,000, but let's help you out a little bit, okay? Well, I would appreciate that. Thank you, guys. You got it. Have a good Christmas, okay? I don't all you guys start calling up going out. Hey, my bonus check got lost too. <laughs> it's a one-time thing. Good morning, Bird Show. Ronnie, you are on the Bird Show. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Your Christmas already a little bit messed up. Yeah, it's it's not it's not gonna be pretty. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, my, my, I got my uh, baby mother coming to meet my uh, new girlfriend's family and stuff for Christmas. Your um, so I understand like meeting your girlfriend. Why is she meeting like your girlfriend's whole family? Uh, because we're all kind of having Christmas together, uh-huh. and she won't just like let me have my son for Christmas. So oh. She's oh. Oh, oh man, I hate that man. Dang. Well, that's neat. Yeah, yeah that sucks. <laughs> and here you are, like three weeks out, and you already have this thing on your mind and stuff. How is he? I already know how it's gonna go. Her parents are from Rhode Island, and I don't think they're gonna be able to bite their tongue. Oh yeah, but the best—I mean, the best medicine, or not the best medicine—but I think the best reaction is to kill her with kindness. That way, she has absolutely nothing to say. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. It is hard to do, but when your kids are involved, you got that ego involved, and it's such an important holiday, also. But if they were like super welcoming to her, and of yeah. course, the, of course, the kid, like. What is she? I, I would hope that she would feel some kind. Well, no, there's a lot of people who don't have that gear to feel any resentment she ain't or guilt. Feel nothing. Yeah, <laughs> well, you get into I was that. about to say she'll feel bad, and then I'm like, she's doing this. She ain't gonna feel bad. Uh-huh. You get into that vicious circle every year. Sounds like they've been doing it for years and years and years. And if you really want to throw them off, like you said, try something different, like taking the high road. They won't know what to do with that. <laughs> the Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Well, this is scary. Britney Spears' dad just had his leg amputated. So this happened after he had multiple surgeries and he ended up getting a really serious infection. A source told Page Six that this developed after he got a knee replacement. That happened earlier this year. And there were multiple procedures that led to them deciding that this was the best case scenario for his health. So everyone's wondering, like, okay, now that his... 
now that Britney Spears' father has gone through this really serious situation, like, do you think that this is enough for her to be able to mend fences with him? Well, there's conflicting sources from different entertainment outlets, TMZ, saying that she has softened to the idea of reconciling and has even considered sending him money. But Page Six says that her insiders are insisting that Britney will never forgive him for the abuses and trauma that he caused. I personally am on the side that I think she might. Uh, she did invite her mom and her little sister, Jamie Lynn, to her birthday party this weekend. So she is willing to mend fences with some of her family, but we'll see if her dad's on that list. Well, he stole so much money from her. Does he need more money? I don't, I don't know if it's a money thing for him at all. No. Um, I will tell you this, though, and I don't know if others that feel this that have families where the estrangements are just so quick, man. I mean, I come from families where uh, aunts and uncles, brothers, sisters get have one argument and they just cut each other off for years. And um, I was cut off so many times by my mom that it really, um, and my dad, that it uh, affected me later on in life. And I will say for me, if I had to be 100% honest, you never quite feel whole. I never fight. I mean, even though I tried everything I could in those relationships and I really could look at myself in the mirror and say I tried everything to make sure that these relationships were as healthy as they could be. I never felt quite whole uh, not being in contact with my mom and my dad. And that makes total sense because it's it's a loss. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. it's it's grief in a in a different definition. So I don't know that you know it when you're going through it. And I think I only have that insight looking back at it. But I hope she's got some people around her that are just going like, hey, I've been through this and just let me know what you're, here's what your future looks like. I hope she's got people around her too that are like, nope, don't talk to that man because he is evil. He took $16,000 a month for the conservatorship and he deserves to get paid. As a conservator, you manage the the estate. That is a big check, not to mention all the other cash that has disappeared from her estate. When you look at her net worth, it is nowhere near what it should be. And this is from Google, so obviously they're not completely accurate numbers, but still... The thing is, with Lynn and Jamie Lynn, her mom and her sister, they were not instrumental pieces in putting the conservatorship in place and making her work against her will and forcing her to go to therapy and rehab and all of these things. They were kind of accomplices, so I can understand some forgiveness in your heart from being like sort of collateral damage. But for the main perpetrator, the person who essentially kept you imprisoned for 13 years and forced you to work so he could make 16K a month off you while you weren't allowed to buy a pair of sneakers without permission, no way would I ever forgive that person. Or I might find it in my heart to forgive them, but that relationship will never be mended. Yeah, because, I mean, this wasn't a short estrangement. This was an estrangement that was 13 years in the making. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Cassie. I hope she has people that are like, yeah. you can... you. You, you can find forgiveness in your heart, but I would never allow that man back in my life. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not justified and these things are really, really bad. I'm just saying that from somebody that's been in them before, there's an emotional toll it takes on mm-hmm. you. For sure, for sure. Even if you're in the right. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jamie Foxx is speaking out about his health scare for the first time since it's happened. We still have no idea what happened to this man, but we did get to hear from him while he was accepting an award at the Critics' Choice Association celebration of cinema and television. He teared up saying that six months ago, he wouldn't have been able to walk. You know, it's crazy. I couldn't do that six months ago. I couldn't actually walk to... He also revealed that during the whole situation, he was actually near death at one point. It feels good to be here. I cherish uh, every single minute now. It's different. I wouldn't wish what I, what I went through 
or my worst enemy, because uh, it's tough when it's almost over, when you see the tunnel. I saw the tunnel. I didn't see the light. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't wish anything like this to happen to you. But I mean, when you go through something where you are literally on death's door, I can imagine it completely changes your perspective on how you see life. Haven't we done this before on the show where we talk to people where they had like that reckoning or that perspective shift? And then like a couple months later, they were back <laughs> yeah. to the same old self. Right. That's exactly what happens <laughs> in most cases. Yeah. I'm happy to see him back on his feet. I, I don't he has every right to his, his privacy. I just wonder what it was yeah. that's making him like not even want to tell us. Yes. Yeah. That it was so bad. Could it be something so embarrassing? Somehow, some way, so embarrassing, and I can't even think of what that might be. Me either. That's know. what I was thinking. Maybe, I mean, I don't know if he was into drugs at all, but I know that I w- if I w- maybe, like, overdosed or something or had something that was even related to drugs, period, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be like, yeah, by the way, I was, like, out smoking and, you know. I probably would keep that, too. <laughs> keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. All right, he's starring in one of the biggest films of the year, but says he hated playing this role. I'll tell you what, actor, just needed a job on your next E-Buzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Tonight is the first night of Hanukkah. Is it? It is. Is you? Yes, it is. <laughs> As I've said before, I'm Jew-ish. <laughs> um, and so to celebrate alongside our Jewish friends, we have a song that we would like to play in honor of Hanukkah kicking off tonight. This is from Y Studs Acapella. This is You Can Light With Me, a Taylor Swift Hanukkah. <laughs> Can't get away from her. <laughs> You're on the phone with your puppy She's upset She's wondering why you haven't lit your candles yet Cause she's waited all day long just to see you Just to see you <laughs> Banger. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. All right, so a follow-up. Today is follow-up Thursday, and when we forget about closing up storylines, you guys remind us, and we got this request from uh, K- Kaby, K-A-B-Y, uh, that said um, she recently became addicted to the bird show, started working with her mom, look forward to listening to the show every day. A few weeks back, there was a War of the Roses about a couple who had a big friend group of couples, and the wife and husband were convinced that one of the husbands was cheating on his pregnant wife with one of the other friend wives. You guys remember this? I do. It literally happened a month ago. So we're not going back years. We're going back one month. Allison was in a great friend group with 10 other couples. One day, she and her husband noticed something strange. One husband, Dave... 
and a wife from a different couple were being very touchy-feely. Dave slid his hands from the woman's neck all the way down to her butt. Uh-uh, 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 he better been a chiropractor. Allison reached out to <laughs> us to set up Dave with the War of the Roses where we pose as a florist and offer flowers that he can send to anyone. He put, picked a bouquet of two dozen red roses to be sent to Lucy. That's the other married friend. Uh-oh. And the note on the card said, tag, you're it, smiley face. This confirmed what Allison and her husband suspected. They did want to tell Dave's wife because she was seven months pregnant. Aye, aye, aye. So Allison's husband decided he was going to have a conversation with Dave first. How did it go? All right. Allison is back on the phone with us to give us an update. Hey, Allison. Hi. What a mess. What a total mess. Uh, so what has happened <laughs> since? What did you and your husband decide to do about it? Is the friend group still together? I mean, yes, we are. It's, you know, it's, it's different. My my husband insisted he wanted to, you know, handle it first, so he did. He wound up having a talk with Dave and, you know, about what we suspected. And, you know, it winds up like... He admitted, he admitted that he had feelings for her, um, but he also said that the feelings were mutual, but, but nothing has actually happened. Like, they didn't consummate anything, you know, they just kind of realized these feelings, so um, he felt really, like, you know, I, I don't know, embarrassed, whatever, he said he's going to put a stop to it, Um and was, you know, just really insistent that, you know, my husband Dave and I just keep it quiet, keep it, but, you know, just not. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Go anywhere. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he swore he's going to end everything. And it's just kind of weird now because, like, you know, I see them and everyone's, like, you know, with their spouses and. Ah, it just doesn't feel right. It feels phony, so it's hard to kind of just keep my mouth shut about this. They ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he couldn't keep it in his pants. Dang it. Well, Well, they said they didn't consummate anything. Apparently, it stayed in his pants, but Uh they've just been... Contemplating, but he wanted to take it out. (laughs) (laughs) So there's just that awkward, lingering—I don't know—just that you can feel it, right? But you guys are the only ones in the group that can feel this and see this. I mean, right now, I'm keeping an eye out. I'm looking at them. I'm looking at everyone else to see if they're looking at them or looking at me looking at them. I haven't noticed anything, but you best believe if anything, anything, if I see his hand go anywhere off of his own body, I'm going right to his wife because she's pregnant. She's eight months now, so I'm not going to keep her in the dark about anything. So you almost want this to happen. You're like the guy that shows up at the stadium hoping there's somebody in his seat because he wants to fight. <laughs> you don't hope, you wish. I you wish. wish. I wish someone's in my seat right now. Uh, yeah, I really want to be wrong. I so badly want to be wrong. I'm keeping an eye out. Unpopular opinion, and I would love Kristen's opinion on this. As someone who was once eight months pregnant, I would not want to know. No, I, I would not either. want Ooh, to know that no. my husband was flirt. You wait until that baby is a year old, and then you can tell me. All right, but- so this is an interesting mm. debate. Okay, so if it's just flirting at eight months, you don't want to know. But if she had proof 
that they were having an affair at eight months pregnant, would you want to know? Nope, absolutely not. Really? The stre- stress does unspeakable things to a body. I'm carrying another human being, yeah. and I need to be focused on making sure my pregnancy is as healthy and stress-free as possible. Don't tell me news like that. Mm. Wait till after the baby's born. Also, I need that dude to help Ooh. out with the baby when the baby's Ooh. first born. Like, I'm, I don't want to do that solo. That's It's hard enough with a partner. Yep. Um, and so I would, if I found out that information, I would probably, I, I don't know what I would do, right? I've never been in that situation, but let's say some people might leave their partner. Then you've got a baby by yourself and you've got to deal with a divorce and the stress on top of it. Mm-mm. You keep that until the, like one year in. And then if she's mad that you told her after a year, then, um, you know, you can take it on the nose. That's, that's on you. So you're advising her oh, under no. no circumstance. Do you say anything at all right now? I think she probably knows her friend better than we do, but I know that it it is something to consider and maybe, I don't know, ask on Reddit anonymously what you should do, but I know I would not want that news at that time. And especially if it's their first child together. Oh, yeah. Like, that's going to mar the entire experience. Mm. Like, let her have this. Like, let her have this joy of giving birth and having this experience and then down the road if if it's necessary and you have concrete proof say something but i'm with cassie do not tell me all right allison keep us posted okay well damn all right good luck the bird show i don't even like doing celebrity interviews anymore i know you don't i don't it's not like i used to i used to love them Love them. J-Lo walk in this door. That was exciting, right? Uh, who else used to walk in this door? Uh, Lady Gaga walk in this door. Had a great conversation with her. Uh, Justin Bieber used to be in here all the time. But the, the celebrities now are so few and far between that understand that this is a mutual relationship. Like, you've got a project to sell, be it your world tour, which 30 Seconds of Mars is going on with a new album. Um But we need something for listeners that don't know about you all that much, don't really care all that much. So what are you going to give us about personal life or insight? And most celebrities don't want to do that anymore. Well, it's it's weird because um, if you pull back the curtain on radio, country artists give it up for country radio. Pop artists do not give it up for pop radio. And I don't know if we brought this on ourselves as well, because a lot of morning shows tried doing goofy stuff when they got celebrities in studio and maybe artists just didn't want to come in and deal with us anymore. But for whatever reason, it's just not nearly as fun until you get the right celebrity mm-hmm. in studio. And Jared Leto was one of those. Uh, he He's up there like Kelly Clarkson is yes. always... A pleasure to talk to. Um, and I've had some also fabulous chats with Ed Sheeran as well. Like yes. He's just a very easy dude to interview and to talk to. Pink, I'd put up oh, yeah. in that category also. Mm-hmm. Just a give it up. Any question is on the table. Sometimes we will get requests from the label or the representative saying, hey, these are the things you can talk about. These are the things you can't talk about. And we immediately like eliminate those interviews because they're not authentic. But that's how it is most of the time now. Like we could tell he genuinely wanted to be here. Yeah. And he through our conversation, we found out he has... Um, a true appreciation for radio. And it was refreshing because I feel a lot of people, when they come in and do some of these interviews, it's you can tell it's like out of obligation. Like they don't want to do it, but they got to do it because mm-hmm. like their label and their their people are making them. But he, he's... He, he was here because he wanted to be here. He's the real deal. Now, if you're like, Jared Leto, I think I know that name. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club. That's I thought he was movie. absolutely brilliant in. That's what he won an Academy Award for. Suicide Squad. He was in that also. What else am I forgetting here? Um, 
Let's see. Alexander. Yep. Fight Club, American Psycho. He was in Fight Club? Uh-huh. Haunted Mansion. He's been, if you look at his his repertoire of what he's done, you'll be like, oh, oh, oh. He has been in some of the biggest movies in American pop culture. House of Gucci. Yeah. Dude is just so talented, man. In every art, he just attacks it. So um, in this particular part of us talking to him, he really is like the most interesting man in the world. And I think the thing that drew me to him, and I think, Mo, you brought this up also, is he's got this fearlessness. Like, I think most of us live in a fear, so we don't try a lot of things because we're afraid that we're going to fail, right? This dude couldn't care less about failing, right? So what can you learn from Jared Leto? Bring the car around. We're going for a drive. Hey, I'm Jared Leto from 30 Seconds to Mars. Chat's going to get you. Oh, my God. Thanks for coming in. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Happened to be uh, in the neighborhood. <laughs> what brought you to the neighborhood? Uh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> us. I wasn't in us. the neighborhood at all. No. <laughs> I will let you know right here, Jared Leto, that what you're seeing here is a facade. It is. This almost. is a facade right here. This is AI? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> almost. Women dressed up with makeup on oh, wow. for a morning show. This is not what I see. <laughs> Every day. Oh, you didn't dress up for me? No, uh, this is dressed up for me. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> and I did have the thought on the way over here, actually, and this is really weird. I only live about four minutes from the radio station, and for whatever reason, I wanted to smell good for you today. And I forgot to put my cologne on on the way up, and it really got into my head. Well, you know what? It's the thought that counts. <laughs> <laughs> you did think about it. I happen to think you smell terrific. Thank you. I appreciate that. Jared Leto in studio with The Bird Show this morning. So over the weekend, I think we probably were all doing a deep dive and doing our homework on Jared Leto. And usually when I start doing research, I'm usually done with it in an hour and a half, two hours, right? But you, my dude, you are a fascinating creature. <laughs> Especially if you read the internet. Yeah, right. <laughs> when they picked that Doseki guy as the most interesting guy in the world, they got it wrong. They did. It's yeah. you. Well, you seem to have, and this I think was the thing that was drawing me most into wanting to find out more about you, this fearlessness that you seem to have about everything that you attack in life. Where does that come from, and is it true? Well, I appreciate it. You know, my mother actually is probably my biggest inspiration, and, you know, she was a very young mom. She had two kids by the time she was 19, and, you know, she really fought hard to make a better life for herself. And, you know, I, I learned a lot from her about independence, about following your dreams, about, you know, the fact that it's okay to have a creative life, a wild life, a risky life. So I would say my mother. Oh, That's a good answer. Good answer. Great answer. Uh, I'm sure your mom appreciates it too. Yeah. Doesn't she? she better. <laughs> I find that I get more driven actually by the fear of failure. Yeah. than I do by the excitement of success. Which one is that for you? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, failure is a great teacher and fear is a great fuel, right? They both drive you those things. And I think they're essential. They should teach us that, you know, mm -hmm. to not avoid those things, but to recognize them as like, okay, maybe I am headed in the right direction.
You know, they're both important. They certainly get me up in the morning and they mm-hmm. push me harder. Now, having mm-hmm. just climbed the Empire State Building, <laughs> I think it's obvious height is not a fear of yours. Yeah. Is there anything that you are fearful of or that you would never do? Yeah, there's a lot. You know, I'm really scared of sharks. Yeah. Um, but oddly, I got into free diving recently. Now, how does that happen? You know, uh, gosh, it's just one of those things. And I do have some fear of heights, but it has to be really, really high. I mean, the how much that, higher does it get than the Empire yeah. State Building? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Uh, there were a couple of times during that climb where I almost fell. And even though I was in a position where I might have been, you know, okay, it was still pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the second day, I actually climbed it two days in a row. And the second day, I would climb a little bit and stop to film and climb a little bit and stop to film. And while I stopped, I would sit back and then kind of swing out over the abyss. And wow. that was, uh, yeah, your stomach kind of dropped out. And Damn. And you didn't soil fun. yourself. Yeah, I'd have definitely <laughs> myself. I'll tell you after the show. <laughs> but it was 40 degrees out and it was 41 mile per hour winds. Oh. I was standing on a quarter inch rivets, little bolt heads and very sharp and very small handholds. And, you know, there's some people out there who think that maybe I was pulled up or it was a stunt. And it actually wasn't. I love the climb. I'm obsessed with climbing. And it was really hard. Yeah. To say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> really his hard. face lights up. And yeah. He's like, oh, my God, you guys. And I almost died. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah. But really fun. I was always obsessed with that building as a kid. I was fascinated with it. And for me, it kind of was obviously a symbol of New York. And New York was a, a place that you went to make your dreams come true. Sure. I always wanted to be an artist, and New York was the place to go make it happen. Jared Leto in studio with The Bird Show this morning. Staying in the vein of fearlessness, I was inspired by reading about your earliest stages when you took a lot of risk and a lot of leaps of faith in order to really get to gain your success. Like, what did you learn about life in those stages, and what was that like for you? You know, it was really kind of a a slow process, it felt like. You know, I wanted things to happen so much quicker, and I felt often like I was failing And I was. You fail all the time. I fail all the time. I probably fail more than anybody I've ever met in my life. When is the last time you failed at something big? Oh, well, you know, you do things all the time. And even with Empire, it was, we had a thousand no's. And I just convinced myself to hear maybe, you Mm -hmm. know. And I mean, honestly, they said, nope not going to happen. And we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And arguably that getting the permission to do it was as hard, if not harder than climbing itself. But it happens all the time. I mean, I wrote 300 songs just to get 11 worthy of the album. Wow. You know, and it's part of the process. You fail one night on stage, you have a great song, your voice isn't as working as well as you want it to. So it's part of the process. So you said you wrote all those songs and 11 end up on the album that we're going to get more into in just a couple of seconds. You don't see that as a failure, though, the ones that didn't make the album? Well, I think so. I mean, you could chalk it up. It's, 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 it's certainly, I guess it's success in some way because it's what it takes to get those that are remaining. But yeah, you fail. I mean, they don't work. They don't come together. You you play them for someone and you might play seasons early on and people go, oh, there's something special there. And then you play another song you're equally as excited about and then people are like, what else you got? <laughs> you know, so yeah, in, in some sense you want, when you write music, at least I'd want to connect with people. I want the songs to become a fabric of someone's life. That's why I love radio so much. You know, radio is this really magical thing. Every time I hear my song on the radio, it's yeah. incredible. I'll call my brother, hey, where are the radios? Take <laughs> a picture. Kind of, yeah, some kind oh, of magical it's about It's always stuff. incredible. And it's a way for people to get to know music in a way that you can't anywhere else. And it's changed my life. So I love it.
Now, how does, you know, when you're in your band, 30 Seconds to Mars, how do you all decide which songs make the cut for the album? Well, you know, it's kind of a collective consciousness thing. You know, when I was younger, I was a little more dictatorial, you know, I mean, I... I've learned to to share a lot more. It was important for me when I was young to have the responsibility. And now I'm, you know, I'll ask anybody, you know, but I try to see, you know, obviously my brother has uh, 50% of the decision and always has, but you start to understand what songs are working. Some you're excited to finish, some you kind of get burned out on, and maybe you finish them five years later. Most you throw out, though. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, your brother being in the band with you, so many people would say it's a huge mistake to work with family. Mm, but obvi- I wish I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one told you that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but obviously that's not, that, that's not the case for you guys. No, you know, we're at that age, too, where we're just filled with gratitude. You know, everything from here on out is just gravy. And um, every night on stage... We even just played this New Year's show. This, you know, the Dick Clark Rockin' New yeah, Year's. Man. We yeah. played the Dick Clark uh, <laughs> Rockin' New Year's. It was a blast. And, you know, I just look at him and I was, it's just incredible to do this. That you, you guys know? get to share the same experience? Yeah. And just play music. It happens to be more now than it ever has before where, you know, I'd be wrapped up in, in what's not working. You know, or that song or this part of that thing. I'm oftentimes on stage uh, and we played a lot of shows in Atlanta. We used to play the Cotton Club. You remember this place? I sort of do. This is a while back, though, yeah. like a long while back, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, I have a funny story about that quick one. Is I was playing this show at the Cotton Club, and I don't know if it held 200 people. I'm not sure. But it was a great show. We were just starting to sell some tickets, and, and the music was just starting to connect with people. And I looked down at this guy who's in the front row, literally right up against the stage, and he's just going off. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Who is that guy down there? And it's just, hey, he's with all the people. And I said, is that Andre 3000? Come on. Shut no. up. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> down there rocking. I'm like, what? All <laughs> well, the rest is, I'm like, oh. and then sure enough, I go outside after the show. And he's just sitting out there talking to a couple of people. I'm like, hey, what's up, Ben? And he was checking the show out. Wow, so that cool. tracks. That is really cool. That it does awesome. track that. Yeah, that yeah. Yeah. Do you ever get nervous when you know that there are other musicians in the crowd or even backstage that have asked to come see you? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you do, but mostly we get excited. We do something at shows that's pretty uncommon when you play festivals. Oftentimes, especially the headliners of some of the bands that are on later, I think because they have bigger crews. So there's a logic to it, but a lot of times they lock down the stage. And you might have seen this too when you go to certain shows. When it comes down to it, you know, Beyonce is going to lock that stage down because there's 300 people running around, whatever. But we actually have an open stage. So we always invite other artists to come on the stage. And we like that. Uh We like that. You know, look, it's just packed on the side. It's a bit of chaos, you know, a bit of chaos. And it feels like throwback like, you know, 70s vibe where you just have people hanging everywhere. And uh, so I like it when I look over and see other artists. I saw Matthew McConaughey when I was at ACL uh, playing the festival. I looked down, I was like, and we had texted like a week or two before, but then, you know, kind of forgot about it. I looked down, I see... That's, that's, we gotta get him on stage. <laughs> oh, I, bet he, I bet he took you up on that. Well, you know, at first yeah. I was like, am I gonna call him out? And I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna call him out. <laughs> get up here. And he came up and, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
There is so much more to that interview. So much more, and he's just equally endearing. We talked to him for 40 minutes. <laughs> I know, right? He comes in here and just, I mean, we just had this great vibe with the dude. So we're going to play uh, the second part of it for you tomorrow. And then the full video will go up tomorrow as well online because there's just no way to play the entire interview on radio. But it's a video you want to watch because he's not... Aesthetically unpleasing. (laughs) He's he's not unfortunate looking. No, he really isn't. So we'll put that up tomorrow morning. Get it. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. He's an angry little elf. Or should I say Oompa Loompa? Because Hugh Grant said he hated being an Oompa Loompa in the new Wonka prequel. So Hugh Grant said that when it came to filming uh, the new Wonka prequel, he said he (laughs) couldn't have hated the whole thing more. And a lot of it had to do with this camera rig that he had to wear around his head because, of course, Hugh Grant is not, you know, four feet tall and they needed to CGI him. And he said it was like a crown of thorns, very uncomfortable. I made a big fuss about it. And then when he was asked whether or not, you know, filming this big movie was worth all the trouble, he said, not really. I slightly hate making films, but I have lots of children and I need money. He has two children with his ex-wife and three children with his current wife. I need to know, how much more money does he need? He, his, this, is, this feels so him. He just seems like he would be the saltiest celebrity, man. Like, he hates the industry that he's in. He hates every He hates the whole process, but he keeps doing it. He's worth $150 million. I think once you pass the $10 million threshold, you gotta be happy. Like, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to to be sad, but people are actually... <laughs> and you shouldn't be working for money. Like, you should be doing something you love to do. Maybe so, right? Literally, go work at Wendy's or something. I don't know. Do something that you're passionate about. And so people are actually comparing his statement to Rachel Zegler, who recently said something similar about how she just did a movie because she needed a job, and a lot of people were coming after her, but... Hugh Grant and Jacob Elordi actually said very similar things, as I just said. And I think it's a very interesting difference about how people will always come after a female celebrity harder, way more than they will ever come after a male celebrity. All right, Margot Robbie was asked to move the release of Barbie. So if you haven't seen Variety Magazine's Actor on Actors interview, they are so interesting. And there's a new slew of them that just came out. There's one with Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo. There's one with Emily Blunt and and Anne Hathaway that I've seen a couple clips of. And the celebrities interview each other? Yes, it's so cool. And there's like this moment where Anne Hathaway was talking about (laughs) meeting Emily Blunt for the first time on the set of The Devil Wears Prada or like a table read or something. And Anne was like, do you remember that day? And Emily Blunt just looks at her and goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. I do not remember meeting you at all. (laughs) But there's one with Margot Robbie and Killian Murphy, who was in the new Oppenheimer film. Oh, that's a clever little uh, take on the whole Barbie Hyman. uh, Barbie Barbie Hyman. Hyman? Hyman? Whoa. Barbie Barbie Hyman. That is a completely different movie. So that's on a completely different show. You'll find that on the red tube. Barbie Hyman. Barbie Hyman. Not Barbie Hyman. Barbie Hyman. So apparently one of the producers from Oppenheimer is like, yo, did you know that we have the same release date? You should probably move yours. And it was. She was mm-hmm. smart because mm-hmm. the whole Barbenheimer. I had a girl. 
<laughs> Barbenheim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did it again. Just, you just left it alone. Just let it go. <laughs> you had it. <laughs> I'm just going to go sleep in the corner for the remainder of the show. Just let me know when you want me to check in. <laughs> I, th- I think it's so interesting that this producer would want her to move it because they're two so different movies. It's not like it's two Marvel films that are coming out on the same day. Yeah. So it's not like you're really competing for the similar audience. Like the people who went to go see Barbie were very different from the people who are going to go see Oppenheimer. Unless, you know, you decide to see both of them because it got so much press because of the Barbenheimer or Barbie Hyman phenomenon. (laughs) (laughs) It was brilliant marketing at a time when movies really needed people to go to the theater. So to to pair these two together on the same weekend, which marketing wise would tell you like, this is not going to work. Worked so well. It was brilliant. All right, Cardi B might be actually losing her quote-unquote deadweight husband. So fans notice in her recent Instagram Live, she talked about getting rid of some deadweight for the new year. And because her and Offset have unfollowed each other, they think it has something to do with their potential breakup. Career-wise, financially, and um, personal life, I know where I want to be next year. So I, you got to get rid of that weight, people, because a lot of people are dead weight, too. And sometimes, you know, I feel like as a Libra, we just want to protect people. Like, how would life without me will be for them? That. She's not wrong. No, she's not she's wrong. Not wrong, wrong Cardi's hilarious. She got passion in her voice when she says people. people. You know who she's talking <laughs> <laughs> uh, Netflix Christmas flick is getting some flack for including an uncomfortable scene between a brother and sister. I'll tell you about this film that's keeping it in the family on your next E-Buzz on the Burt Show. Say it three more times. Barbenheimer. 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 Hey, there we go. Hey. This doesn't mean I just like summoned Barbie and Oppenheimer into the studio. Hey, the Bird Show. We're going to get Erica back on here in just a second, who is going to go into the trunk of her boyfriend's car because she saw some presents back there that were clearly not for her. And then Kristen got evil with an idea that she executed yesterday. Well, because it wasn't just the presents. Um, it, was like, it was like women's clothing that definitely she knew would not fit her. He doesn't have any sisters. It's not going to fit his mom either. And it's definitely not like his mother aesthetic and some other items and there was also all like of the wrapping stuff so there was like the wrapping paper and the like and so obviously these needed to be wrapped and i just floated out the idea hey innocently (laughs) oh there was nothing no (laughs) nothing innocent about it um if you're trying to get to the bottom of this, because we, we did the War of the Roses, Roses to Catch a Cheater. He sent flowers to his mom asking, you know, hoping she gets better, right? So he's, he's, he loves his mom. That's all we learned from our War of the Roses. So with this, I'm like, if it's still in the back of his car, go in and go ahead and wrap the gifts and just be like, hey, I thought I'd do something sweet for you because I know like you're so busy and stressed and I am such a great wrapping person <laughs> and I wrap presents so well and I love to do it that I wrap these gifts for you that were in the back of your car. You're welcome. <laughs> so guys, listen to this. This is the red flag when a woman says to you, hey, I just decided that I was going to do something sweet for you, <laughs> that there was something behind that. Never ends well. It's a trap, bro. All the time. We know that now. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get Erica back on here and see if she executed Kristen's evil plan yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Erica, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Okay, so you listened to Kristen and her evil idea, which was really brilliantly evil. Did you do it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. I 
I, I went ahead and I wrapped the gifts and I presented them to him to say, hey, you know, I, I helped you out. Um, and he looked panicked for a second and, and he asked, why, why would you do that? And um, I just came straight out with everything. I told him I knew the gifts were not for me because these aren't things I would wear and they wouldn't even fit me. And also, you were the one that said $100 limit. This is way more than $100 worth of stuff. And then he said that they were actually gifts for a friend that they had purchased for their girlfriend. I knew it. I called that BS. So you're saying straight up right now that he's lying? Yes. Why? Because I said, like, when it, when we first initially talked about this, I go, if you confront him with this, uh-huh. he's going to hit you up with, bruh, bruh, bruh. those are uh, my buddies asking me to keep those gifts in my car so his girl can't see him. Y- y- come on. That could be legit. No, it's not. That is stupid. Why are you looking at me like that, Cassie? It could be <laughs> legit. Why are we so quick to default to the negative? Because if you're... Your mic's not on. Tommy, you turn Cassie's mic on. Because if you're an adult man and you don't know how to hide gifts from your girlfriend, unless it's an engagement ring, then you're dumb. Because girls don't ask each other to do that unless it's like a motorcycle or something huge. You just don't do How many times has your guy, have your guy friends asked you to do that? Four. Lies. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> I'm, sure, so I'm sure it happens. I'm sure that it has happened from time to time. But I just feel like it is not that common. No. And people don't ask people to hide gifts like that. I, I have never. Have you? I've never heard of it. Never in my life. And yeah. so you hear this. This is what he says. Mm-hmm. That he's holding them for a friend mm-hmm. because he's given. Do you believe that? I do not. I cannot lie. Abby, Abby. you believe that? I'm pretty gullible, so I'm going to believe it. Uh. <laughs> Erica, when you heard that uh, initially, I think Kristen might have also said that, like giving you a heads up that he might say something like that. Um, what was your reaction to it? Well, I'll say that this is apparently a friend that I don't know and I've never heard of. So I was just confused, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh they're such good friends. Here She's goes. never Shit. heard of him. Here we go. That's cool. I held Christmas gifts for my third grade teacher's cousin one time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, is uh, is your boyfriend on social media? He is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he's friends with this person on social media, right? I mean, I've I've stalked the followers list, yep. and um, it, you know how the boys are like they don't ever really post anything, mm-hmm. so it's it's like impossible to tell. I've, I, if I'm being real about this, if this is true, then he would have said it the first time when she when she when she asked about what the gifts in the trunk were. You would have said these are from my friend for his girlfriend. Why are you bring it up now? That's why it feels like it's a lie to me. But you didn't say she didn't say she anything didn't do initially. That. What do you mean? She never she, asked him. This is the first time it's been brought up. Yeah. You? Remember she found him oh. and then she didn't say anything. Oh, I thought she did. Uh-uh. No. Okay, okay, uh-uh. okay. Here's the thing. Boys may not post on social media, but boy moms do. So you find your boyfriend's mom on Facebook and you go through her photos. And if he has a girlfriend, she has posted a picture of them together if it's a long-term thing. Ooh. And if you're spending that much cash on clothes, clothes are like a weirdly intimate gift, I feel like. Because you get to know the person's size. And style and all that. So if you're getting clothes oh for someone, then mm, that's a long relationship. I would stalk his mom. So percentage of you that believes what he's saying and percentage of you that thinks that he's probably lying. He's got himself a little side piece for Christmas. I mean, it just, it's my head and my heart battling. Like, I don't want to believe it, but I know what, I know logically what's, what's probably happening. <laughs> I'm so mad for you. Mm-hmm. 
I would have unwrapped all the gifts right then and there. <laughs> Just shredding paper everywhere. Erica, I'm not exactly sure if we're supposed to apologize here or I got no next step for you, but at least you got the info, you know? Yeah, maybe I should just take everything to Goodwill. Ooh. Ooh. That's a good idea. Chris. <laughs> I mean, I, I ain't mad at it. Or you let him give the raft, wrapped gifts to his girlfriend, and she's going to know another woman wrapped them. Because if you're good at wrapping and you like wrapping and he doesn't, yeah. those are going to be real sharp yeah. edges. It's going to look really good and she's going to be immediately sus. Yeah, most guys can make like most of that present look good. But then when you turn it over and it's that ugly underbelly, <laughs> yeah, man, right. it's just a mess. It looks like the it looks like the bottom of your tongue. You ever see that little highway thing going on down there? It's so gross. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> How did you get there? It's a mess. <laughs> All right, Erica, good luck. It's a bird show. Hey, The Burt Show. All right, there are some mashups that work. There are some mashups that you hear and you sort of listen to them like a dog that hears a high pitch, right? This is one of those. So this has gone viral, and I think it's a banger. I think this could be a new, like, Christmas song <laughs> for the ages. Like Mariah Carey, Take a Step Back. Wow. This is what we're going to be listening to, and this is what's going to top the charts. All right. Tell them what the two songs are that are being okay. m- meshed together here, because it won't make sense to you in your head till you hear it. This is from at There I Ruined It, okay, mm-hmm. who is notorious for ruining songs. <laughs> but this, this is not ruined. This is the piece de resistance <laughs> of Christmas songs. They have taken... Apple bottom jeans with drummer boy, drummer boy, and have created the apple bottom drummer boy. Turn it up, Tommy. Was looking at her. She hit the floor. The next thing you know. Uh-huh. No. Oh, is that all? Huh? Is that what? it? That's all they gave us? That's all they gave us. Oh, yeah. Lazy I just started like it. <laughs> I'm about to turn up in here. <laughs> there I ruined it is lazy. <laughs> Can we hear it one more time, please? Apple bottom jeans <laughs> with the fur. The whole club was looking at her. Question. That would be stuck in your head all day long. I have a question. So tonight, I am DJing the town of Brookhaven's Christmas tree lighting. Yes, 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 yes. The answer is yes. Throw that in the mix. Yes, 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 yes. Now, I used to live in Brookhaven, and I can tell you, this is no little thing, dude. That place will be packed. <laughs> I'm doing this for Yvonne Monet events. I hope she doesn't kill me, but I gotta play that. You must video the reaction of the people there. 
<laughs> you must. <laughs> we have to use you that tomorrow. Have, please, yeah, please, I will. Please, I'll, do Tommy. Right, I'll do it. I'll do it. So Abby has learned an interesting question. As somebody that's a little bit on the socially awkward side, that's what she says about herself. Have She's, you ever hung out with her? Oh! Right. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's hard to not be socially awkward when you're pulling your pants down in studio. <laughs> That's Kristen. <laughs> um, I I do not find you socially awkward, actually, in the times we have hung out. Oh, you don't? I have not. That is such a compliment because I have always really struggled with social anxiety. And so it's so bizarre to me that of all people, I have decided to start this social club, <laughs> with which if you haven't heard yet, I started a, a girls group on Facebook where single or married or whoever. However, all women throughout Atlanta can get together and hang out. And last week, I found myself talking to some of the cows instead of the people at our girls' event. So, wait, what? What? I'm, how did cows get invited right? to your girl event? Were uh, they on the guest list? <laughs> so I, I went to a painted horse winery for this big axe throwing event that we had. It was so fun. It's up in Alpharetta. If you've never been to painted horse winery, it's absolutely stunning. And but again, before you even go on, I, I don't know how. And I'm not sure who okays business licenses, but when they were presented with axe throwing and alcohol, how they said, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like let's hand a bunch of axes to a bunch of random strangers. What could go wrong? Nothing. Nothing's gonna bring the girlies together quite like um, you know some dangerous weapons. But we had all. It was such a cool event. We had all these sponsors. Which, by the way, I gotta make an apology because I literally forgot one last week, which is so rude when people literally donate free things for you. So shout out to Bomb Bakes. They also brought these delicious little snacks for us. These cake pops. I'm bringing them to the Christmas party so y'all will get to experience them. And then Moving Target ATL set up this really cool like axe throw thing. So that kind of helped break the ice. Like you get a little competitive, you get an ax in your hand, you're start, <laughs> starting to get all that anger out, uh, you know, with the holiday season because a lot's going on. But as somebody who has social anxiety and is someone who's a little bit of an introvert, there, there are moments where you're kind of like, I got to take a step back from the axes, from the people <laughs> and just plug yourself back in so you can get back into the room and, you know, bring the social game back. So I find a break in one of my conversations with one of the girls I was having a conversation with and I'm like, I'm just going to go over here, just over to the side real quick. And so I sneak behind um, the big axe throwing thing because there was some <laughs> there were some chickens behind there. I'm like, I'm just going to say hi to the chickens and I'm just going to say hi. And chickens. Say hi to all and the axes. Oh, and my. Axes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like half winery, half farm. So I go to the chicken coop and these are, the ch you would think chickens are like kind of crazy. These were the chillest freaking chickens I have ever come across. I don't know if they're feeding them wine there because it's not a winery, but they were like just chilling on us. Uh, uh, the little fence part, the this, top of the fence. This is almost cruel for the chickens right there as they're watching the axes being thrown, Hurled. wondering like if somebody gets really <laughs> drunk and this thing goes side left, one of them is losing a head. <laughs> one of them is be becoming dinner. Um, so <laughs> so I, I'm like saying hi to the chickens. I'm like, what's up chickens? How you doing? And then I notice to the left of the chickens, do you really think I'm not socially awkward now? <laughs> we talked about chickens. And then I go uh, to the other side of the, the coop and there's some some cows and these were the cutest freaking cows they're like brown they had these big eyes and I decided to just trot on over there and 
in the pasture, if you will, I noticed that one of the cows is making direct eye contact Speaking at me. Speaking to your soul. It's oh, if, yeah. I think it might have been cow telepathy. <laughs> and so I don't know if it was the red wine. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I think we can say yes. Well. <laughs> or just the fact that I'm like, oh, I don't have to talk to a human. <laughs> that just like made me want to crouch down and have a moment with this cow. Uh-huh. But I remembered earlier in the day on Facebook, I had seen this article about how cows can have best friends. Mm-hmm. And so I thought like, oh my gosh, I'm having like a moment like making new best friends. Like, let me talk to this cow about like where its best friend is. So I'm chatting with the cow. I'm like, where's your bestie? Like, do you miss them? Or is, is this your bestie? What's their name? I've been there before, but that's a different level. Like animal talking drunk is different level. I've done that with my dogs and fell in, in, asleep in uh-huh. their crate. <laughs> that's how, yeah. While yeah. we were having a conversation. I don't know what they're slipping in that wine, but it made me feel some feelings for this cow. And so as I'm like mid-conversation with with, with this, with my new cow bestie, <laughs> these girls I've been having a conversation with earlier come around the corner and just the look of pure horror on their face. They're like, Abby from the Birch Show is having a conversation <laughs> with this animal. Oh, I think it's so endearing and cute that you are like having a moment with it. I mean, it's another like heartbeat. Like it's a, it's a living thing. Oh, that's nice. I think it's a little pathetic. I, I, I also yeah. think it's pathetic. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I was like, I don't know how to explain to these people that I just ditched all these really cool new fun friends that I just made to have a conversation about a Facebook article. And you invited them. <laughs> right. And ignored them for the count. How many will actually show up to the next one? That's going to be the real telling sign. God willing, at least one. <laughs> at least one. But so <laughs> if they want to sign up and be part of the, the madness next time? Yes. Where do they go? Go to my Instagram at the Abby Murphy. It's linked to my bio. I think we're doing a pole dancing class next. Oh, damn. Okay. Those are fun. Turn it up. Pole dancing and then maybe brunch. Super fun. All right. Again at thebirdshow.com. Hey, The Bird Show.